my first question to you, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not going to pull any punches here. Just get right into it. Uh, you were the host of Surviving the Matrix. Uh, my first thing is, what is the Matrix? And how do we survive it? If you can sum that up, you know, I know it's not really like a simple answer, but if we can kind of go down that rabbit hole and start off there, I think it's a good place to start. Well, the Matrix is the system that controls you, the, the fictional legal name, the whole fictional legal system, all of the lines that you're told to walk between, you know, all the stuff that, that makes you not human, the fact that you've got to pay to be alive, all, all of the things that, that lead you off the path of what it means to be human. You can think of what it would be like to just be able to sit there and meditate and grow your own food and have your own um, plate. Like, look at the kin domains, the way they used to live in the Vedic society where everyone would just kind of live where they wanted to live and, and grow what they wanted to grow and just, just be themselves to their fullest potential. Everything that prevents you from doing that, I mean, that is, that is the matrix. Our belief in authority, our belief in this education system, our belief in the history that they've given us, this whole zeitgeist the current human zeitgeist of, of human consciousness is the matrix you know this we believe a whole bunch of stuff which simply isn't true you know and uh that is the matrix that's what keeps us under control our belief that we don't have any authority our belief in the authority of others our belief that we must do what people write on paper because they wrote it on paper you know we've got to let some guy come and destroy the country because the guy in the suit wrote on paper that he could do it you know and we just go oh gee there's nothing i can do i mean that's the matrix itself just the fact that we believe all of this stuff constrains us when it really doesn't it only constrains us by our willingness to comply with these dictates that are given to us none of which serve us so you know, and I, I can understand with this many people on Earth, you need some form of you know governance. You need some form of control to keep people you know so they're not hurting others or whatever. But generally, that's because they're kept in a state of scarcity anyway, which is why you know, most crime is committed. And scarcity is contrived because we're kept in a state of shortage and, and scarcity by the money system. So you know, the, the whole thing is is a matrix, really. And how you survive it and how you get through it is to rediscover yourself. Remember who and what you are. This is what I've been saying right since the beginning. Just remember who and what you are and realize that you don't need all these external trappings. You don't need all this stuff to, to discover yourself. And that's really what you came here to do is to discover yourself and to be yourself to the fullest of your potential. So, you know, we're, we're, we're kept away from that. We're, we're we're taught that, you know, success and to reach your full potential is to be, you know, financially successful. So you've got a big house and you've got all the, you can buy all this stuff, you know, it's not what you create with yourself. It's a different type of success, you know, so and it's all controlled by the economic system. So the economic system itself is, is probably the matrix, the best description of the matrix. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've lost sight of what it means to be human, brother. And that's what's led us to this point. And uh, that's the way out is to rediscover that and, and to remember that. And that's what I've been trying to encourage people to do for so many years. Mm. Just remember what they are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's essentially uh, believing a false narrative that we've been conditioned into our entire lives and letting that lead our lives and all of the actions that we take in our lives that don't necessarily align with um, the true purpose for why we were incarnated into these bodies, uh, essentially. Uh, so what would you say is being human? You know, what does it mean to be a human being? Is it, well, is we're it all unique, aren't we? 
we're all we're all different. I mean, when you look at the culture that we had here before with Tartaria and our lost history, the, the beauty of the buildings and the beauty of some of those artifacts that are around, I think that's the sort of stuff it means to be human. We're creative. We like to create beautiful things, things that are functional but also beautiful. You know, it's, it's enjoyment and cooperation. And, and I mean, I, th I think the only thing that isn't possible <clears throat> is that which we believe is not possible. I mean, I think we're capable of just about anything. It's our belief system that constrains us. So what it means to be human, I mean, we can, we can create and manifest just about anything we want if we can just get the focus. So, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit, really, I think. But, you know, the problem with our lives is we're, we're taught, we're taught we've, we've got to follow these certain paths. We've got to measure ourselves up to these certain parameters that are given to us by the system. And that is success. And that's what it means to be human. And that's what it means to be, to be whatever, you know. And people get through their whole lives. and They get to like they're, they're 70, 80 years old and they've done all these things and they've collected all this stuff. But it was all external stuff. They never did the inner work. They never got to find themselves. They never realized it. Who am I exactly? Who am I? You know, and what does it mean to be Max? You know, what is yeah. Max? You know, what is what is unique about my consciousness? What is unique about my perspective? You know, and what what could I get from that if I was to find someone else and cooperate with them? What what could we create? Mm -hmm. The potentials off the charts. I mean, we kind of limit ourselves by our own personal thought that we want to create something. But you you get a few of these minds together when they're living cooperatively, and and the sky's the limit. You know. Yeah. So I mean, who knows where we could go if we were if we were free to do it? And and this system constrains us and, and doesn't let us, and and you know keeps us walking between the the lines and doesn't let every, anybody ever get ahead. And that's what the whole government system and financial system is all about: is to make sure you're never successful, you never really get to the point where you, you've got complete freedom. They don't want that, so you know there's a reason for it. Yeah. The reason is because they know that's the secret is that we are capable being a human being we're we're capable of really whatever we want you know do what thou will that's we can we can do create the life that we want to truly create while we're here but that's like a it's a secret thing that you can tap into like a, it's almost like a superpower that you can tap into that we all have but we're not all aware that we have that and it seems like the matrix is what keeps us in this very small sort of uh sort of sphere of our lives and what we think it is but really we're we can make it whatever we want and yeah as far as long as we follow the narrative that we've been conditioned into we'll truly never realize our potential collectively um you think this is a like this is a deliberate effort right from the powers that be they don't want us to know that truly every human being has the power to uh create whatever they want no they don't want anyone to know that i mean that they um have got us locked in this left brain thinking in this economic system so anything you want to create will cost money to create that you know so you've got to go and um spend most of your, your hours of every day running on the treadmill in order to collect enough paper you need to even get started with what you want to do. Yeah, and that's what I something I look at back in the old the old um, culture that we have when I look at some of the beauty of those buildings. You know, if we were running on the treadmill and collecting paper and it was all about economics, we never would have had the time or inclination to build uh, buildings of such beauty. 
You know, we could have just built functional buildings that did the job they were designed to do, but they didn't have all of that intricate scroll work and all the stuff that we did. We made them actually beautiful and we put a lot of time into it. We never could have done that if we lived in a, in a uh, competitive society where we had to pay to be alive and we were always watching the, the time clock and punching in and punching out. It never would have happened. So, you know, that's the sort of thing we can do. We're, we're constrained by this economic system. That That's what keeps us in scarcity and what's what keeps us doing things we don't want to do. I mean, most people work jobs that they don't like. They don't enjoy their job. And um, they've got to do it eight or ten hours a day just to get the, the paper they need to put a roof over their head. You know, imagine if people were doing things that they loved. Mm. It was <clears throat> something my son said to me once when he said, what, what's one piece of advice you'd give me in life, Dad? And he was about 10 or 12 years old. And I said to him, you know, because he said, how, how do you get through in life? How do, how do you, you make it? How do you, how do you um, survive? You know, and I said, well, what you do in this economic system is you find something that you really love to do. Find whatever it is that you love to do more than anything else. Do as much of it as you possibly can until you get really good at it. And then eventually someone will pay you to do that, you know, and that's kind of what he, what he's done. And um, so now he's paid to do what he loves, which is, is great. So, I mean, and that's what I did in my life. I, I really loved music. So I listened to lots and lots of music and, and played lots of guitar. And then I got paid to listen to music and play guitar. I got play, paid to play guitar and to do front of house for bands. So, you know, you find what you love to do and you, and then you can excel. And I think we had societies like that. People would build those buildings and things because they loved to do it. People would say, well, if we didn't have government, we didn't have all these things, how would we have any of this stuff? How would we have these buildings? How would we have all these inventions that we've got? We'd probably have a lot more. People would invent them because people like to invent things. You know, people like to do that. Guys who work on cars and build motors do so because they love building cars and working on motors. You know, guys who build yeah. these incredible feats of architecture do it because they love doing this. They love looking back at this thing they've created, you know. So we're very creative people. And um, I think we, we sell ourselves short when we think we need government to um, create these creative sparks within us. You know, we end up creating this this thing that's, that's functional, but it's not beautiful because this society doesn't see beauty as a function. When it is, beauty is a function. It serves a purpose. It makes me feel good, you know. So why don't we we see that? Why don't we feel that way anymore? Well, you know, we never could have done it, I don't think, if we lived in this feudal culture, if we had this economic system constraining us. We never could have done any of the things that we, we did. And this economic system is what limits our potential so much People say, oh, no, it improves our potential because there's financial incentives in what you do. Well, no, it actually limits our potential because we've got to do things we don't want to do just in order to start what we want to do by getting that paper to do it, you know. So it's 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 basically just a harvesting of, of your life, harvesting of your time, because that's really all you have in life is your time. That's yeah. really the only thing you own is your time. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and that gives even more credence to the metaphor of the matrix. It's literally we're being harvested for our time. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty far out. It's just, I feel like everybody knows what their potential is deep down. Like deep down, if they, if they really think about it, if they really meditate upon it, we all know what we're here for. It's just that we're cut off from ways to be able to tap into what we're here for, in my opinion. We, we just don't. It seems like, I've, and I've talked to from many conversations with uh, many people, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of people that want to make a change in their life or they hate their job or they want to, you know, become a singer, an actor, a cook, a, a painter, whatever it is, whatever that makes their heart, 
you know, beat, you know, what makes them want to actually live, gives them some kind of purpose for being here. But we're not given the right tools, it seems like, to be able to truly fulfill our purpose here. It's something that we have to find out ourselves, you know, something that we have to um, truly reveal to our inner being ourselves at our own accord because we don't learn that in school that's for sure they don't tell you how to <laughs> truly live to your fullest potential when you're in school you know so um how did you figure out what your you know purpose is here what really what how did you find out what made you tick being max oh look man i'm still finding out i'm still working it out you know it's, it's an ongoing process so yeah. um but i mean most people most people don't do what they want to do because they, they, they sit there saying, well, if only I could, if only I could do this, if only I could do that. And, and my argument is, well, why don't you just go and do it? You know, like, like I've often said, if you throw yourself to the wind, you can ride it. And that's what I did. I just cut myself off of, from everything. Like about 15, 20 years ago, I just cut myself off everything, all government benefits, everything, anything to do with government, anything to do with the system. I just got rid of it all. And I mean, I still have certain things. I still have certain instruments like a driver's license so I don't get pulled over every five minutes while I'm driving. It just makes mm -hmm. sense to do that for, to me, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, people, I, I used to say to people, what is it that you most want to do in your life? And then list, list the things that are preventing you from doing that. And when you write it out as a list, you know, you put down what you would most want to do, then you put the list of what's preventing you. You find... You can usually eliminate most of that list. Most of that list is usually fictional. It's usually obstacles that you put in place for yourself, which prevent you from doing what you want to do. Well, I can't do that because of this, because of that, because, oh, if I did that, then, you know, you're just, you're just concerned, worried too much. You're lost in your mind. You're concerned about what the future may bring because you, you're too, you know, you're too afraid to take that step and just throw yourself to the wind, which is what people need to do. So, you know, I think that's, that is one of the big, the big problems, you know, we, we, we're constrained by, by this whole economic system. We're constrained by what we, we think limits our potential and we're too afraid to really just step into what it means to be us, you know, too afraid of what the outcome may be. I mean, I can understand, sure, some people have got families and kids and you know, you've got houses and mortgages and things to pay off. I and mean, we get ourselves into these traps. I'm fortunate enough in, is that I, I never had that. I mean, I never had never bought a house so i never had a mortgage i never had anything to tie me to a certain place i never really got into the concept of owning land I, I think that we're here for you know it's a temporary existence and we think we can own pieces of the earth while we're here it's very strange you know, the earth's been here a lot longer than we have and you know when you when you think you own it well you don't it's, it's it owns you because now you can't leave you can't go and do stuff so it's an interesting interesting concept but um yeah, I think we, we create all our own obstacles and we, we limit our potential because of this vision we have of what freedom looks like or, or what success looks like or, or what it is we want to do. Usually, what do we want to do? We just want to, I want to go to some place and go and sit there and, and have coffee or whatever. I want to go and visit some area or, or whatever, you know. I mean, it's, it's usually pretty simple things that people want to do. They want to travel. They want to do this. They want to do that. And uh, it's it's just you know if if you really step off the off the um, straight and narrow path that you've been on, you find that it's actually pretty easy to achieve these things if you can just step onto the path to do it. Might be a little bit difficult now, of course. They've got all the borders closed and all this COVID bullshit and all the stuff that they're doing to the world. So 
but maybe this is an opportunity for people to stand up for themselves as well. I mean, and, and, and see that, you know, what freedoms they did have have now been taken away. So perhaps they should pay attention, you know? Yeah. I think right now is a time period in human history where it can go either way. It depends on really what you want to do on how you want to look at the situation. And uh, if you look at it as in, hmm, what's going on here? Something's a little up. And you use that to fuel your fire inside to fully discover what's true on the inside of yourself and what's not true on the outside of yourself, you can really become a better human being. And that's what I've done. And that's what I've, that's what I found a lot of other people are doing too, that I've spoken to. But then on the other side of the coin, you can really get sucked in and lost in the sauce. If you're paying attention to too much of what, um, you know, the media is telling you, social media is telling you, or really anything that has to do with the television. <laughs> if you get sucked into that a little too much, it can definitely go the opposite way. So now, yeah, it seems like it seems like this is the time to really, you know, to play this game that we're in. You can you can play it really, really well. You can play it really effectively right now. You can take a hold of the controller and really um, realize your potential if you want. But if you choose to simply stay on the hamster wheel that has been conditioned for you, um, yes, it's very hard. I can see it as being very hard to um, see outside of the facade that has been um, outlined for us our whole lives and it's not getting any better every day that goes by that's for sure it's your if you're succumbing to getting sucked in to the matrix um, it's only getting thicker and thicker <laughs> every day that goes by so uh, yeah I mean time is of the essence it really is because what better time than now to do it you know to someone who's like that, that has that because I feel like people know inside something's up they know like there's something up they have to like deep down in our souls, we have to know there's something up. And you either listen to that, that feeling, your intuition that says, hey, something's up, man. Maybe you should change your life and really lift your potential. Or you can just choose to ignore it. And that's kind of what it comes down to. I see it almost as two sides. You're, you're listening to your intuition, your higher being, your higher self, God, maybe some will call it. Or you're simply listening to the noise. You know, you're listening to this paradigm that is getting sold to us on the daily. And um, choose wisely. That's all I gotta say, choose wisely. Cause it's, it's our choice, which is cool. When you realize that it's like, it's it's up to us. It's literally all up to us to what you wanna pay attention to. And that's what I've come to realize as well. It's, it's not, you know, free will is a thing. And right now our free will is being tested to the max. And uh, yeah, like I said, choose wisely. Use your free will accordingly to how what we were, you know, how we we're supposed to use it. And you can create a beautiful life. If not, then you can create a life of uh, a lot of suffering. You know, that's kind of what we're creating now. I mean, people are being um, pushed into a position where they have to wake up. Yeah. I mean, uh, otherwise, all, all freedoms are going to be lost with what's happening. I mean, it, it's people have got to got to stand up to what's what's being rolled out. What we need really is a is a. You know, because it's very difficult. We can't really do much with our lives at the point at the point we are now because the government is just tightening the, the strings all around the world. And we need a mass pushback. We need uh, a mass rise of uh, civil disobedience, especially in this country. People have got to simply stand up and say no, and that needs to happen in all countries. People have got to stand up and say, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, it's the fear, unfortunately, that people 
uh, in fear of, of the virus, which doesn't exist, or they're in fear of the reprisals from government, or they're in fear, in fear of the reprisals from the people around them. They've really done a good job of splitting society in two. Like they've created as many divides as possible within you know different um, demographics within society. Like even within the truth movement, you've got the you know the, the people who point the finger at the Jews, the people who point the finger at the Jesuits, the people who point the finger at the Freemasons. You've got the flat earthers, you've got the globe earthers, you've got all these different factions that are all fighting with each other rather than looking at the uh, the control grid. And um, and now you've got that split into the maskers and the and the non-maskers. So. You know, it, it's crazy. You had the, the Trumpers and the non-Trumpers, and it's it's crazy. There's so much division in our in our society. So that that's the environment they needed to push this whole pandemic concept out, which is just a, a blatant police state. So, you know, we need a mass pushback. We need a, a mass rise of civil disobedience. We need to um, remove all our governments from power. I realise there's no there's no honest politicians in the world. No, no one in power at the moment, anyway. All these people have got to be taken out. All the media has got to be replaced. I mean, now's the time people have got to stand up because if they don't, then we're going to lose the battle. Human, The human race is going to go down to a place that it will probably never recover from if we don't push back now. If this generation does not rise up and reclaim, uh, <clears throat> reclaim freedom in this world, then we're going to lose it forever. So it's a really, really important time, brother. And people are kind of being pushed into wakefulness unfortunately they, they had too many too many people waiting for the white hats to come and save them or whatever like the queue are non-people waiting for someone to to make some big move from within the scenes and they would never really have to take responsibility for themselves but that's what it's come to it's a time of massive self-responsibility and people have got to stand up and take take responsibility for their own lives right now and for the lives of their children if they leave it to someone else then they're going to be led straight into a prison cell. And that's that's what's being constructed around us right now. So it's a really, really important time, brother. It really is hugely important. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned um, for our children because that's who it's going to really affect the most is our, the next generation because they don't know any better. They're, imagine growing up in a world where you don't know any better. You know, I've, I saw pictures of kids um, in a full hazmat suit with the mask on going to school. And I'm like, that's so traumatizing for kids, man. And imagine mm. you're, you know, you're here and you're a kid, man. You you know, everyone knows what it's like to be a kid. You're this innocent being and you're, you're every day you're, you're put in these, uh, in uh, school, AKA a, uh, a prison <laughs> for kids pretty much. And while you're there, you're dressed up in hazmat suits. And I can't imagine what the culture is like in, in school for kids nowadays. And um, well, you, you wouldn't want to be sending your kids to any of these places, man. It's, it's child abuse, sending your kids to these modern schools with what they're teaching them. And, and it, all this, this virus shit, it's, it's absolute child abuse. And they, they want to give them vaccines and all sorts of shit at school. Now, they're saying they're old enough to choose for themselves when they're five or six years old where they can get a vaccine. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Don't want to be sending your kids to any of these places. I mean, it's a great opportunity to pull your kids out of school, create your own neighborhood community schools. Yeah, yeah, personally, I mean, homeschooling is all very well, but I think kids need interaction with other kids. So it would be good mm -hmm. if a whole bunch of homeschoolers got together and created their own little community school class of, you know, six or eight kids or whatever. So, you know, that would be a great way to do things. But don't don't send them to those government indoctrination camps. I mean, this is a 
this is an opportunity, brother. I mean, the whole if people can't see how corrupt their government is now, then what's it going to take? This is a huge opportunity for the people to stand up and express a loss of confidence in their governments and to just say, no, get out of the building, you're all fired. So I think we should do that. That, that would be the best way out, I think, mass non-compliance. I can't really see any other way that's going to be effective except for people to stand up and say, hey, no, we're not going to do this anymore. You, you're scamming us. Get out of the building, you know? Yeah, I know. What's it going to take, right? I, always, I think that every day. I'm like, what's it really going to take? Because there's a lot of people that are being scammed, you know, even though I have conversations with people like you and many others around the world, um, I think we're in the minority right now. <laughs> you know, the majority is currently falling for the scam that um, is being sold to us. And I think every day, I'm like, what's it really going to take for that wake up call? Because I think there needs to be some kind of catalyst. Like there has to be something where just everyone just goes like, nah, I'm done. Like I'm tired of this. I'm living for myself because I don't know, man, like there's a side of me that is has idealism and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, people are waking up, it's happening. I'm talking, I'm connecting with a bunch of people that are on the same wavelength. But then on the other side, on the other token, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually happening. Like the majority doesn't seem to be on the wavelength, but I think we have the potential, which is good. We all have the potential to be on that wavelength. Every single human being has the potential to um, live the life that we're talking about right now. It's just that it, it, it's going to take something. I don't know what it is. It may be some kind of solar flare, an earthquake. There has to have to be some watershed moment. There'll be something, something that happens that either, yeah. either someone will get violent against the government or the government will get too violent against the people. There'll be some sort of a watershed moment. Yeah. And I think you'd, there'd be more people awake than you suspect there would be. I think a lot of them are just too scared to poke their head up. I think most of the people out there that are wearing masks are doing so because they're afraid of the consequences if they don't. They're not afraid of the virus. And all it takes is for like, you know, 10 people to be in a room wearing a mask and, and nine of them thinking, well, I really don't want to do this. You know, and one of them to walk in without a mask, but there's one person in that group who, who scolds you for not wearing a mask. And the others will, will kind of nod in agreements because they don't, because they think all the other nine people who are wearing masks are actually on, on you know, they don't know because we can't look at each other and communicate anymore. Yeah, half of our face is covered. We can't give any anybody any little looks anymore. It's hard to know what someone's saying with just their eyes, you know? Mm, yeah. So um, that's half of the reason for the masks is to keep us separated and stop us talking with each other and stop us looking at each other and just sort of frowning and thinking, you know, you, you're in agreement with this, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and if one person speaks out, you know, and supports the narrative, then everybody else falls in line because they're scared. They're scared of getting a, a ten thousand dollar fine or whatever if they don't. You know, so it isn't a virus. It's it's the fear of the government, and that's the problem. And that's because people have forgotten that they're people. People have forgotten they're human. They think government is real. They don't realize that if we all stood up together, government wouldn't have any power at all. I mean, if if everybody said no, what are they going to do? There's nothing they could do. You know. Yeah. Power in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's fear, man. Uh, fear, like the ultimate fear is we all fear dying, you know? Uh, but I love your saying face infinity without flinching. And that's what we all have to do at this point, because if you don't fear dying, who can control you? Because that's what controls us essentially is the, the biggest, the greatest fear that we all hold, whether it's the government or, you know, uh, social ostracization from people. Um, or just, you know, wanting to comply just so you can just, you know, 
face some kind of well, uh, perceived comfort. Go ahead, Max. What are you going to say? Well, it's because we're, we're cooperative too. We're basically cooperative beings. Yeah, we like we like helping each other. We, we we're, we're cooperative. I mean, it's it feels great when you help someone and something good comes of it. You know, we're not competitive. The, the whole economic system trains us to be competitive, yeah. and most people don't like confrontation because they're cooperative people. People are cooperative. And nobody likes confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I don't want to sit there and argue and fight with someone. I don't want to get up there and start punching someone. I don't want to have to argue my point with someone. Now, if we disagree on something, well, fine. Let's agree to disagree. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to turn into this this huge hate fest. Like all the trolls you get on your videos and stuff, just hate, 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 hate. You know, yeah. it, it, it's ridiculous. You know. So, but I think we're we're mainly cooperative, and so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people won't stand up because they don't like confrontation. And I don't like confrontation either. I don't even like doing what I do. I'd much prefer to be doing something else than what I'm doing, doing these shows and getting out there and pointing out how horrible our government is. But yeah. you know, it needs to be done. The stuff that I'm doing and the message that I'm putting out there needs to be heard by people and no one's doing it. So I, I figure I better do it because someone has to, you know, and, and it, it's kind of helping. I think it's reaching people, but, you know, I think that's, that's what people have to understand. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, I'm definitely not in my comfort zone doing what I do. I never planned on being a radio host. I never planned on being an activist or a public speaker. I'd much prefer to be just sitting around playing guitar and, and enjoying the forest, you know. But uh, this this needs to be done. And so people have got to just get out of their comfort zones and realize that, you know, as much as you, you you want to cooperate and you don't like confrontation, you know, maybe there won't be confrontation. Maybe if you can say things in the right way with the right type of voice, it will it will reach people and they'll wake up. You know, and I've managed to do that just by not not pulling any punches and not having an agenda, not saying, well, it's these guys or it's those guys or whatever, and and being so worried about being right all the time. You know, and I've certainly changed my opinion over over the last you know, 14 years that I've been doing this. I mean, some of the stuff that I was saying 14 years ago is, is stuff that I disagree with now. But, um, you know, it's a learning process. I mean, the whole thing is a learning process. You can't be too stuck on being right all the time and too concerned about what you said five or 10 years ago, you know. So, you know, I, I can see why people don't speak out. I mean, people are timid. They, they just want the world to change without their participation. But we need... Your participation right now, folks, your children need your participation. And all it takes is a voice. You don't actually have to have that confrontation. You've just got to kind of stand up and go, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and that that really helps. So everybody needs to participate right now. It's, it's really, really important that people look at the crossroads we're at and realize that if they don't step up and, and move it in one direction, then they're going to be led in the other direction. And that's just going to be a given. And when they get there, they're not going to like where they are, and it's never going to go away. You know, if we don't change the direction that we're going in, then we're going to end up where we're headed, and that's not good, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that uh, you had of creating a time capsule for people in the future, because I think there's going to be some narrative in the future where it's going to look like this time was a lot worse than it actually was. You know what I mean? Like, I think we have to well, It's going to look like it's a lot different than it actually was. It'll look like a... They'll, a lot of people will believe there was a pandemic and a lot of people died from a virus and all this sort of stuff. And it's important that we say, no, no, there was no virus. This was a depopulation program. It was all done through the injection. And just you know, to let people know that this is this likely to happen again to them because it's happened previously as well. If you look at the Spanish flu and perhaps, I mean, some of the information that we've got 
from Spanish flu. Who knows how this was got to us, how this was left behind. Perhaps it was in time capsules. I just think it's a good idea. I mean, to leave some form of evidence to um, combat the narrative that is going to be there for the people of the future. Like 100 years from now, people are going to wonder what happened and all they're yeah. going to have is the official narrative and the official narrative is going to be complete bullshit the way all other official narratives are. So I think it's important. If, they, if there's enough people leave time capsules around the world, where they're going to be, there's going to be a lot of information to, to correlate what people are saying and back up what people are saying far more than the mainstream narrative and maybe that will shift the consciousness then. You know, if we don't manage to do it now, Maybe it will do it then, you know? Mm, yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, man. I don't know. What do you think? 10 years from now, what's the world going to be like, you know? It's going to depend on us. It's going to depend on us. could be a golden age. I mean, whatever it is, it's going to be very different. Even if it is a golden age, at 10 years from now, I think we'll be re still rebuilding this mess that they've, uh, they've created over these last couple of years. I mean, things can't go back to normal, can't go back to the way they were. There's been too much change. All that machinery that's been set, left, left sitting there for the last couple of years, all those aircraft that all need maintenance and stuff. So many jobs have been lost. So many businesses closed down. There's been so many suicides. So, so much has changed. So many people have lost all their savings and lost everything they ever worked for. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of bitter people. There's going to be a lot of angry people. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for cooperation. Maybe, you know, once people have lost a whole bunch of stuff and they see the guy next door lost a whole bunch of stuff as well, well, maybe they will work together to rebuild. So who knows, brother? It, it, it could be a very cooperative time, um, a time of, of um, freedom and rebuilding and where you are free to just do what you want, or it could be absolute total control with 90% with of the population gone and everybody else subservient little drones. Yeah. It's going to depend on what we do at this point. It's going to really depend over the next you know, 18 months what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. I think personally, um, even if it's 10 years or it's 100 years, we're going through some kind of change, some kind of uh, seems like a purification process where, um, you know, we get, it's a little bit of a rocky road right now, but I think that's just kind of what has to happen for this collective consciousness to purify itself, you know? So 10 years might, might actually be very short term, short term, short term in, you know, the span of how our consciousness is evolving. But either way, I think the cat's out of the bag now and there's no going back. And we're doing things like this that are going to be on the internet for who knows how long. Uh, these ideas are out there pretty much forever, you know, unless there is some kind of global takeover where everything's getting gets taken down, which might be a thing. But either way, the, the collective unconsciousness is still there. Like we're, we're approaching something that is like a different wavelength that we're tapping into now, like at an a exponential rate, it seems like. And there may be a very, um, a very large attempt to cover that up, but I don't think there's any man on earth that can cover that up. It, eventually, it's going to reach a tipping point where we're going to become the people and beings that we were supposed to be. It's inevitable at this point. It could be a hundred years. It could be maybe a thousand years. Who knows? It could be a long time for before we actually become the creator beings that we were supposed to be. But like I said, Max, I think either way, even if it's not even in my lifetime, we're going to we're going to get there because that's our destiny. I feel like that's just what we're supposed to be. You know, there's some kind of plan. I believe there's some kind of plan for human beings. A giant plan that's not even of our 
a chord, you know, there's some kind of guidance, I believe. And uh, in that guidance, we're going, you know, there's a little bit of rough patches, we have to purify ourselves, we have to reap our karma of our past decisions of how we decided to develop. And right now we're really reaping it. <laughs> we're really reaping our karma from, you know, past lives, past generations, we're going through the learning process. That's what it's all about. We're learning collectively we're all learning to, to to be human um but like i said we're gonna get there i believe we're, we're really gonna get there maybe i'm a little idealistic maybe i just don't watch the news enough or don't pay attention but that's a good thing that's what we all have to do to really truly create the world in the lives that we want to create man um it's there we all have the potential and it's gonna happen you know it's definitely gonna happen whether in my lifetime or not i really do believe it's gonna happen you know, to truly live on that heaven on earth kind of state, you know, that, that the, the beast, the, the, the true spiritual beings that human beings are, we're going to get there. I really do believe we're going to get there. And this time that we're living in right now is a very, very historic time to be in. It's almost like another renaissance. It is the great awakening, as they call it. Um, and I think people will look back at this time and use it to, to really learn and be the versions of themselves that they really want to be. I truly believe that. I hope so, brother. I hope so. I think it's a remembering. I think they took all that from us. I mean, um, and they took our language from us. They took so much stuff from us. That's what I think. I mean, when people say we, we, they know there's something more. And they can't explain what that is. They know there's the feeling in them, but they can't explain what that is because they took our language from us. We've been locked in this English language. We don't have a lot of the words that we used to to explain a lot of our inner feelings. And when you take words and take language away from people, it's very difficult to get it back. It's very difficult to explain the, the little nuances of human emotion and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is a kind of a, a purification, but... Um, it's, it's going to be up to us where we go. It really is. And, and we've got to be prepared to put down all our baggage with other people and um, put down all our belief systems and put down our belief and, and need to be right all the time, which is, is this terrible thing that's in the so-called truth movement, which, which causes so much division and animosity. I mean, I don't, I don't care if I'm right. All I want to be doing is, is free. And all I do is offer suggestions and, and ideas and possibilities and encourage people to ask questions. So, I mean, I think if we could put all this ego down and, and put all our beliefs down and our, our need to be right and, and our need for, you know, knowledge over wisdom is a, is a tricky thing. I mean, we, we want to know all this stuff, but we don't believe in ourselves. So we've, we've kind of left the path of wisdom in the pursuit of knowledge, if, if that makes sense. So, you know, if we can be prepared to put all that down, I mean, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get somewhere, but we've got a, a really, really rough, rocky road ahead of us. And it's who's going to survive the, the coming storm because there is a storm coming and uh, it's it's going to hit very, very soon. I mean, it's already sort of halfway here now, especially here in this country. And um, it's going to just see who can come through the other side, whether whether people are willing to to stand up and, and push back against this and simply say no and, and move the world in another direction. I mean, it. It's, it's not going to happen with just meditation, with just people sitting waiting for, for change. People have actually got to get actively involved in, in um, stopping this Leviathan from rolling out. That, that's the situation that we're in. I mean, with all the, 
all the and I think they will shut down the net cyber polygon. They will shut down the net. It will become very difficult to to communicate, and then you'll need biometrics and stuff to get online again. So it's it's going to be it's going to be touch and go, brother. The the, the world we move into, and unless there's a major pushback from people, it's uh, it's going to go in a pretty ugly direction. We could get to a point where society simply splits in two, where it's more like a Hunger Games type society, and uh, I'll be off living in the woods with other people. So um, it may it may turn into that if if we don't nip this in the bud um, before it, it before it rolls out. It, it may turn into that, and we're going to see a lot of suffering just from people who've had the vaccine and people who've already been injected so um yeah it's it's anybody's guess where we're going to go brother in the next couple of years it really is so what do you think um is going to happen to people that are vaccinated wait what is actually going to physically happen and you know what how do you know this is going to happen well, with the graphene that's going into people and the hydrogel that's going into people, when you look at how they can um, use this stuff, you know, the applications for hydrogel, which is a, a Wi-Fi interface uh, graphene, look at neuromodulation using graphene. You could you could literally control people's minds and thoughts. They could turn all of the vaxxed people against all the anti-vaxxed people and make them okay. very angry. Mm. I mean, zombie apocalypse. The possibilities are endless, what they could do with this stuff. So, and, and, you know, we're seeing so many people die. I mean, the, the death figures in the United States are through the roof, more deaths than all other vaccines combined. The death figures here, we got up around 500 people dead from the vaccine here. You've got like 15,000 or something dead in the United States or even more. And the figures that are coming through are suggesting it's actually five or 10 times more than that. So we don't really know. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to die, but a lot of people are going to be kind of hooked up to the mainframe and controllable. Through the through the graphene, look at Elon Musk's neural lace and everything they're talking about. This is the graphene interface, and, and graphene is is a highly magnetic. It's um, really really functional in, in as much as Wi-Fi and and you know using it as an interface. So yeah, it's it's transhumanism, transhumanism, moving us into human two point zero is what they want to do. Yes. And when they when they hook the five G system up and they switch on five G, I don't think five G is actually about phone communication. I think it's all about uh, interfacing with the graphene and the hydrogel that's being put in people's bodies through these swabs and injections. It's got nothing to do with a, a virus. None of this has got anything to do with a virus. It's all to do with control and moving us into human 2.0 and, and this whole technocratic world they want to build, this whole transhumanist reality they want to create. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few years, brother. But if people start behaving strangely, um, don't blame them because it's probably the hydrogel and the, and the graphene and, and whatever signal they're getting from the Wi-Fi. An interesting talk you can go and look at is a talk by a guy called Dr. Charles Morgan where he talks about um, um, neurotechnology and warfare and how they can literally go in and drive people, they turn people into human drones, they can literally drive other people's bodies, they can replace their thoughts, they can do all sorts of stuff. And this was a lecture he was giving to West Point uh, Military Academy in 2018. And it wasn't stuff that was on a drawing board, it was stuff they can already do. So, yeah, take that into account and then look at some of the stuff Bill Gates has said, look at some of the stuff Elon Musk has said, Look at um, um, neuromodulation using AI-powered graphene, and you can start to get a little bit of a picture of, uh, of what they're doing. Look up DARPA hydrogel. You, you start to see what, what they're doing and where they're going with this and what the possibilities are. 
that's that's pretty powerful man that is um oh, that's that's heavy you know because uh, i know there's a lot of people in my personal life that uh you know they got the vaccine so it's just like that, that hits me right here in my heart because that's like damn bro like that's almost take that shit personally it's like if that actually is going to happen it's like it makes me a little angry you know it's probably gonna make a lot of other people angry that are realized and wake up so that's some shit well, it's going to be strange. I mean, if that does happen, the people that, that are controlled by it won't have any idea they're being controlled, so you can't really hate them for it. I mean, mm. and I'm not saying that is going to happen, but it's, it's kind of a worst-case scenario. But when you look at the tech they've got and their, their insistence on giving everybody this jab, I mean, they want to get this graphene into people, that, and the injection is mainly graphene. So um, how does how is graphene protecting you against a virus how is this a vaccine if there's so much what's the graphene doing in there if it's not for neuromodulation or something then what's it doing in there you know and it goes in and people are becoming magnetic and all sorts of stuff so um it may well get to that situation where, where you've got to kind of back away and defend yourself from people that you know and love and and you know we just, we just don't know where it's going to go but the possibilities are there and, you know, the fact that it's graphene and the fact that they're pushing so hard, all other treatments. I mean, if this was a real pandemic, you'd be looking for treatments to prevent people getting sick. But there's none of that. There's no, they talk about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and all sorts of stuff like that. Oh, no, we don't want any of that. We just want the injections. We've got to get this jab into people. It's about getting the injection numbers up. Yeah. So it's modification of the human race. This is modification. You know, they don't rush out a trial vaccine this quickly and say it's experimental and all. I don't think it is experimental. I think they know exactly what they're doing and they want to get this graphene and this hydrogel into people. I think the hydrogel is in the tests and the graphene is in the injections and they work together to create this um, Wi-Fi um, link up and, and it's all about transhumanism and it's about um, hooking people up to the grid. That's what I think it's all for, you know. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see where the world goes, brother. Interesting to say the least. Literally linking up to the matrix, going deeper and deeper yeah. into the metaphor. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. Where can people well, find Well, I even tell you in those films, like, remember in, um, like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Venom with the, the graphene, like, the he's a the graphene guy, and you see the last Terminator movie with the graphene guy as well, you know, the smart... Um, what do they call it? Smart metal or, or um, um, what do they call it? Um, I don't, I don't remember either. I know what you're yeah. talking about though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, but it's like graphene based and it's, it, it's, it'll just go into any shape, whatever you want, you know, smart clothing and smart metal and goes into whatever shape you want. And um, they tell you, they show you in these films what they're doing. And that's all graphing that you're seeing, like all that, that like in the, the black guy in Spider-Man, there was the two Spider-Men and one of them was black and one of them was Spider-Man and he had the black suit and, and you know, all yeah. um, um, morphing into different shapes, nanotech. And this is all, all graphene based. They're showing you in the film oh. what they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So where are the number one resources where we can find out about the um, graphene? And what was the other one? The hydrogel, you say? Hydrogel, Profusa Hydrogel. If you just search Hydrogel, Profusa, DARPA Hydrogel, it's actually created by DARPA. Um, you'll find information on it. Um, you can look up um, bio, bio or, or neuro, neuromodulation with AI-powered graphene. You can find articles on that. 
go and look at the the lecture given by Dr. Charles Morgan on uh, neuro um, neurology and warfare, which is a very very interesting lecture. It goes for about an hour. Um, yeah, you could go and I mean even back in 2012 when I, I made my last film Transformation, they were talking about how they could um, put nanotech into rats and they could use the nanotech to switch the genes on and off with the rats using radio waves. So this is back in 2012. So you think where they've gone with that from now on, what the 5G is really all about, what they can actually do with radio waves, if they can get a backdoor into your body, some sort of you know metallic, something that receives and sends signal, which is what hydrogel does and what graphene is, well, then they've, they've got you. And all they've got to do is find a way of getting this into people's bodies. And then it's a backdoor into the system. And that's what they've done with this pandemic. And that's why they're pushing this vaccine, because they want to get this graphene into people. The question is why? Why would they be using a, a vaccine that is so full of graphene? Well, what are the properties of graphene? What are they doing with this? And then you start finding all of these military applications for it. And, you know, one and one makes two. I mean, how much do you look at before it's not a coincidence anymore? If this was really about a virus, I mean, sure, there's all sorts of bad stuff in there, you know, fetal tissue and stuff. Well, that would be in there if it was a vaccine. Okay, no worries. That's what they use for vaccines. But what's all the graphene doing in there? What's that got to do with fetal tissue and biological agents to protect you from any type of virus? Even if vaccines and, and viruses and all this stuff was real, even if their official narrative is real, what's all the graphene doing in there? What's the hydrogel doing in the swabs? What's this for? What's it, it can't have anything to do with a viral particle. There's nothing biological in it. So yeah. what's it for? You know, I, I'd say that the, the fetal cells and all the stuff they're doing, this is just the smoke screen to hide the graphene and the hydrogel, you know. They've got to yeah. kind of make it look like it's a vaccine, but it isn't. It's not a vaccine. It's an interface that they're putting into people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I love how you're just asking questions. You're like, what is this for? What is this? Why is this in there? You know, I think it's as simple as that. They just simply don't take the truth, the truth, quote unquote, at face value. You know, the truth that is the truth, quote unquote, that is sold to us. Don't take that necessarily at face value. And I think it's because most people don't necessarily believe or want to believe that we live in that kind of world where the powers that be would quite literally inject us with these um, frequency receiving metals that allow us to potentially be controlled. There's a lot of people that one if you said that they'd be like dude what are you even like they it wouldn't it just wouldn't register register in their head they're just, just something wouldn't compute like they don't think that we live in that kind of world you know it's it's like people, people don't understand the level of evil that we're dealing with they, they think well i'd never do that so you know no you'd never do it but they would you know you, you, they can't imagine the level of evil that we're actually dealing with here i mean these people want total control of every single thing, every blade of grass, every rock, every tree, every every living thing. They want to control it because that's just what they are. You know, and they want to, just want human Play-Doh. They want, they want everything to be Play-Doh. They're even injecting this stuff into animals now. Like, you know, they're saying animals have got COVID, so they're going through and they're injecting zoo animals with COVID shots. It's crazy, you know, it's crazy. So this is the, the complete... Um, refabrication of of all life on earth is what they're doing they're modifying all life on earth just because they can and they want to and they want to just see what happens you know 
So it's it's uh, it's freaky stuff, and people just cannot cannot believe that that level of darkness would exist, but it does, you know. And, and until you're able to think like a psychopath, you'll never see what their plans are. You've got to kind of remove all empathy from your thought and think, well, what would I do? just to to mess with people like if i if i looked at the humans as being like an ant farm and not even the amount of compassion that you got for ants like just no compassion at all just like human play-doh what would you do with it that's the way these people think they have no empathy and they 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 want to destroy him, the human race they don't like free thought they don't want you to have any free thought at all they want to be able to control anything and everything you do and that's that's what we're dealing with and unfortunately a lot of people just can't can't believe that to be true, it's like Jay Hooper said. You know, the 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 uh, the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he can't believe it exists. Yeah, and that's the truth of the matter. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, these people are obviously psychopaths. There's some kind of you know, there it seems to be like they're not tapped into uh, human human. But you got to wonder if they're even human, brother. You really got to want. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I get messages from people all the time saying they're they're reptilians, they're demons. That you got to tell people that they don't have human souls, then they'll understand what we're dealing with. And I'm like, well, how do I tell people that? I don't know that. I mean, you're telling me, but I don't know. I mean, I can look at it, and and I don't know, and I can't, I can't say that sort of stuff. I can't say this is. They are this. They are that. You know, we yeah. don't know what they are. What we know is that they don't think like us, and that we could get out of this if we would just choose to think for ourselves for once you know and that's all i've tried to do in the shows is encourage people to think and encourage people to ask questions because you can't ever tell anybody the truth people won't believe the truth mm -hmm. the truth can't be told it has, has to be realized you know so all you can do is encourage people to ask the right questions so that little light bulb goes off in their head and then they will realize the truth for themselves because you, know, you can't tell them they won't believe you so you know you just got to encourage people to find themselves and that's, that's what i've done um, over the last few years, I've just been trying to help people ask the right questions, so uh, so we can get out of this out of this mess. And it's a it's a crazy world, brother. It's a crazy world. It's certainly gotten really really strange in the last couple of years. I mean, we knew it was going to, but uh, it's really it's really come down to the wire. So hopefully, there's going to be a big big pushback in the next uh, in the next twelve months or so. Yeah, I think there will be. Uh, if it's going to work, who knows? But I think there's definitely going to be a pushback that people are going to notice. And you, know, you can already see it happening. Like there's people all over the world, like sort of protesting from some videos I've seen. I mean, I don't pay attention to it too much, but I've definitely seen some pushback. Well, we get a lot of protesting, but the grid's still rolling out. We had 2 million people protesting in France, but they're still rolling out vaccine passports and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, people have just got to not use them. Just don't use these vaccine passports. You know, they get on the train, nobody's got them. Well, what are they going to do? The problem is that there's still that small percentage of people that are going, oh, yes, sir, we need them, you know. And that's the problem. That They're the people that are leading us in. It's all the people who are complying with this are leading us into this slavery system. So it's finding a way of reaching those people. And even if they're in a minority, it, it, they'll still pull us in there if we, if we allow them to continue, you know. Yeah, it's all of us. We we are the ones that are enslaving ourselves. Essentially, it's pretty mm. crazy. When you put it that way. What do you think the end goal is? Is it complete control of humanity? Absolutely, complete control of humanity. But the removal of humanity, the the moving us into human two point zero. When you when you create human two point zero, it's like when you build a new computer. You keep all your hardware. You keep. I mean, you keep all your um all your your data. 
like your consciousness of the computer and you transfer that into the new one, but you, you don't keep any of the old hardware. And that's what they're doing with us. They don't want any of the old humans around. They want our consciousness taken out and put into the new synthetic human. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. So, you know, you get to live for thousands of years as a slave. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> so are we creating something? Are we at the will of this, the reptilians, whatever it is, this other intelligence that doesn't seem to be on our side? Um, is there some, what are we creating? Like why, why are we, why, what are we harvested for? You know? Our energy, our, our, our life force, our soul force. I mean, I think the whole goal is to trap our souls in the mainframe, to separate us from our souls, you know, to trap our consciousness into the mainframe, trap our I am into the mainframe, you know? That's heavy. Wow. Yeah. That's some shit, man. I mean, that's like, that's like, if there's a story to this life, that's the ultimate story. You know, that this is the, this is, the, this is it man like this is where literally consciousness itself infinite consciousness itself seems to be there's like good and evil you know there's like the good guys and the bad guys and it seems like we're just um i don't know man like we have a choice to make <laughs> what's well, yeah, you, you do you've got, to, be you've got to be able to face infinity without flinching but that's the thing you got to be prepared to to exit the realm without without succumbing if it comes to that I mean, we can we can stand our ground and we can change it and not go in that direction. But if, if people are going to take it in that direction, well, we just got to be prepared to exit and it's all, all good. Just go with the flow. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's we're at a we're at a crossroads. We're really at a crossroads for the entire human species. And so I mean, it's going to be and it's down to a personal soul choice. Ultimately, we can do what we can to wake people up and to hopefully lead the world in a better direction. But it's going to come down to a personal soul choice for each individual. You can't make that decision for them. Like you're saying, a lot of your friends and family have had the vax. Well, you, you can't you can't help them with that. You can't make that decision for them. You know, and that's that's okay. That's the way it's got to be. You know, it's a personal choice for everybody. So you can't have too much of a stake in the outcome. You know, if you've got a stake in the outcome, then you, you're going to stress out and you're going to fail, and it's going to mess you up the whole way. You know, to me, it's just uh, where it goes, where it goes. I'll do what I can to to ensure that it goes in a in a positive direction. If it doesn't, well, it doesn't, and I, I did my best. I have no stake in it. You know. Yeah, that's true, man. You can only do what you can do for your own life. That's it. There's no like you said. You can't tell people the truth. The only thing you can do is have people ask questions and lead by example, essentially. Oh man, yeah, this is a pretty heavy convo, Max. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's, that's good. I like it. Definitely, this is what people need to hear. This is what I need to hear. This is what the world needs to hear, man. This truly, like, this is the this is what we need to talk about because this is what this is the truth. This is what's happening, and if we don't talk about it, then um, we're just gonna get sucked in and stay on the hamster wheel and become robots, almost quite literally. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Damn, man. Oh. I mean, it's like once I come to, I have the certain, you know, the sense of consciousness that we are, we're all one, you know, all is one and one is all you are me, I am you. And uh, is that kind of the idea that they're trying to take away the, the unity in human beings, the brotherhood that we all have, the, the, no, oh, they've been trying to take that away for a long time, brother. They're trying to take away everything it means to be human. They, they want you controlled. They want to, they want to just be able to harvest the human psyche and harvest human consciousness and even harvest humans and do whatever they want. They want their little worker drones. They want their 
you know, the, the, the sex machines, they want whatever. They just want to be able to control it. Mm. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's next level evil and, and next level psychopathy. It, it's, it's difficult to explain the level of it. That's why people have a hard time with it and believing that it's true because, no, this couldn't be possible, you know. But it is. It's next level control. And they want depopulation. They don't want most of the people here. They want to get rid of 90% of the world's population because they only need enough to run the machine for them. And uh, that, mm. that's it. You know, we don't want too many thinkers here because they could rise up against us. If too many people figure it out, what's going on here, then they're screwed. So, you know, they, they've got to um, – that's a, one of the reasons why they've, they've moved their agenda forward, I, I think, because so many people are waking up. They've got to get rid of a lot of these people before they figure out that they're being screwed because uh, if they do figure that out, then they're going to come for them and that won't be pretty. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely won't be pretty. Oh man. Do you think uh, psychedelic drugs can help us kind of come to that realization or that sense of consciousness using the right way? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't particularly use psychedelics. I've, I've had ayahuasca a few times. I don't consider ayahuasca a psychedelic. I consider it more of an entheogen. But I think, sure, they can, they can help. But um, I think too many people see it as the be all and end all and they, they just abuse them. I mean, how many times do you need to do ayahuasca or whatever to get the message? You know, I mean, I, I got the message on the first time I drank of, of how what I needed to change and what this world is. Um, how, how many times do you need to do that? So a lot of people, it'll become a crutch and it'll become a, a means of escape for them. Yeah. And um, they don't take what they apply in those or take what, what they learned in those experiences and apply it to the world, which is, I think, what they need to do. For all spiritual um, excursions that people do, meditation and whatever, you know, if you don't apply it to the physical world you live in, apply those understandings, and what's it for? What does it yeah. lead you to? I mean, you're living in a 3D world. Um, you're supposed to participate in that world. And, and with these this knowledge that we get, too many people sit in their head and they sit in this love and light state and, you know, that's not my reality sort of thing. Well, yeah, it is your reality. You're creating it by your non-participation in it, you know. So we need to apply these things to the world. Maybe that can help some people. I, I think that um, a lot of the time when we do this stuff, we're looking for confirmation of stuff that we already know because we don't believe in ourselves. You know, even when we go down rabbit holes and start reading books to gain certain information, we already know we're just looking for confirmation because we don't believe in ourselves. You know, if, if you can um, free yourself of, of that need to be right all the time and that need to, to know all the time, you can find out that you actually already do know, like through meditation and stuff, you can have these incredible uh, experiences of, of just waves of knowledge come to you which is uh, very you know, profound and very revealing. So, I mean, I think it's that loss of belief in ourselves that has created a lot of this situation that we're in, and we should trust ourselves a little bit more. We should believe in ourselves a little bit more. And, you know, when we do have these psychedelic experiences, you know, take what we can from them, but remember to apply them. Remember that it was a lesson. You don't just do it because you like the pretty colours and you like feeling in that state and, you know, um, Plenty of, plenty of time for that after this life's over, but you've got to mm -hmm. take those experiences and, and apply them to this life, you know? Seriously, yeah. I think uh, the potential in them is, is, like you said, getting the message. But once you get the message, that's not the end goal. Enlightenment isn't quite the end goal in today's world, you know? You have to take what we learn from these experiences and use them and, and, and intentionally use what you learned to create that better world. Because I don't know about you, but the, when I've taken... Um, you know, high doses of psychedelic and theogens, uh, 
they give me a certain kind of volition in my soul to say, oh, you got to do something. I'm talking about psilocybin uh, primarily. They tell me like, you know, you know, they show me, like you said, the, the visions and I have these ecstatic states, but then I come back from that. And I'm like, well, I need to do something. Like, I can't just sit with that. Like it showed me, I like to say, once you open the door, you can't really close it. Like I reach certain realizations and certain things that happened in my psyche, certain neurons that connected that weren't able to connect before that changed me for the better. But now I feel compelled because I had that realization, that kind of catalyst to be um, a wake up for me, um, along with other things, you know, meditation and yoga and things such as that, that allowed me to get on the path. And then from there, now I have to walk the path. I think the first step is finding the path as a human being. And then the second step is actually walking it. And yeah, I think a lot of people in today's world just well, they might not even find the path. But a lot of people, yeah, they're on that wavelength of always, you know, always one. It's all love, um, kumbaya. But it's it's not quite like you said, kumbaya. That'll come after this life. We're here in this three D realm right now. We have to do our job for why we were incarnated here. You know, there is there is things to do. Like we, like you said, we are creators. We're not just here to. We are here to just experience it. But on the other side of that, we are here to experience our own creation. So, yeah, I think they're important. They're not the end all, but I think they can be an important catalyst to some people, not everybody, obviously. Not everybody is going to get the message, but I think there's some special select people that just need that that quick, mm, that like quick little, oh, shit. And these medicines like, like ayahuasca, psilocybin, maybe LSD, whatever it is, allow us to be able to get that quick, oh shit, but it's up to us. Ultimately, no matter what, it's up to us and our own, our own will to take that, that, you know, that catalyst and use it effectively to create the better world. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. You can, I mean, you can learn some things from it, but you know, it's not, it's not the be all and end all. No, some people think it is, but it's not, man. It's not, but I think it's what we really need right now. I think, there is, um, you know, I, we said, what's it going to take? I don't think psychedelics are the number one thing what it's going to take, but I think they definitely help us um, reach certain states of knowing what's real, knowing what's true in our lives, knowing uh, the human experience. It'd be, be great if politicians all had to drink ayahuasca before taking office, <laughs> but of course, you've got, to, you've got to want to, unfortunately. So, you know, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, they probably wouldn't be politicians. They would probably just change the Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't take the gig if they drank ire before they did it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it used to be a sort of a sort of rite of passage in our in in our ancient days. Like, you, in order to become an adult, become part of the tribe, you kind of had to go through these certain um, experiences to you know actually be acclimated into the culture. And it's kind of like a thing I see that we're missing that aspect of reaching to the other side of the matrix. You know, reaching to the uh, the great beyond, I guess you could say, and seeing and feeling really what it means to be a human being, to you know, to just simply be alive here. And it goes beyond words, ultimately. Um, but we're missing that aspect, that kind of that deeper aspect of, uh, you know, finding out what's true, what's really true in our own lives. And uh, yeah, man, just getting, getting away from the, the shit that, that is just thrown at our face all day, man. <laughs> you know, like disconnecting from that and really connecting, using these things intentionally and connecting with the higher power, 
you know, the source, whatever you want to call it. Uh, really doing that, really intentionally connecting with that, that'll, it'll lead the way. I believe it, it leads the way for me, you know, to use it intentionally. It leads the way to how I want to act and how I want to talk and, and other things in my life and how I should feel about my life. It, it kind of, uh, it, it leads the way once you can get on that wavelength. But first you have to find that wavelength. And I think psychedelics, entheogens are, they have the potential to do that. There's definitely a lot of potential in our world. But yeah, man, it's up to us. It's up to us to, to walk the path. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, and we're at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads now, brother. So, I mean, entheogens and all that sort of stuff, sure. I mean, that, that, that might help people find themselves, but we need we need clear action now. People have got to get out on the ground and um, they've got to um, stand up against what's happening, stand up against this police state, against this tyranny. That That's, you know, real, real positive change, non-compliance. You know, I'd like to see a worldwide strike. Everybody just say, no, nah, no more. We're yeah. not doing this anymore. Everybody, that would be great. So, uh, yeah. We could. That's the thing. If we all decided tomorrow, somehow, we all had this telepath- uh, telepathic connection. We're all just like, you know, I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to buy anything and just going to chill at home. It would change the world. Just one day, everybody just doing nothing. We could honestly hmm. all do that if we really wanted to. Hmm. I've been if saying that for to- years, bro. I've been saying that for years. A, a day of non-compliance would change the world. It would send a shockwave around the world if the whole world did it. Mm-hmm. It would send a shockwave around the entire world, you know? What if we all just stopped using their money? I think that would be a huge thing. Yeah, that would help. That would help. I'm going to have to go in a sec, brother. I've got, a, I've got another interview in 20 minutes, so. Oh, sorry, man. I, I could talk to you all day, but good luck on your other interview. <laughs> yeah. Got any wrapping up you statements know. for the world that you want to you, you wanna share? No, just believe in yourself and get involved, folks. I mean, if you can see what's going on here, get involved. Be a shining light in your own community. We need you. Your children need you. Don't think you're just a little voice. There are millions and millions and millions of people around the world who feel like you do. And if we all stand up, then we will make a difference. But if we don't and we think someone else is going to do it, then we're going to get led into the meat grinder. So if you're even a little bit awake, stand up and make your voice heard. We really need you to do it. Everybody needs to stand up right now. Otherwise, we're just going to get led into the meat grinder. And once we're in there, there won't be any escape. So... You know, stand up now before you you regret it, before you look back at this time and think, well, what if, what if I'd stood up, you know? Mm. Now's the time for you to put all that aside and actually stand up and be counted, everybody. Mm. Thanks for having me on, brother. Well said. Sorry, what- I, got, sorry I got a rush, but I, I do. I've just got to rush off. So, Hey, yeah. I understand, Max. You're a busy man. We, we, all, gotta, we all got things to do. Uh, thanks for coming on. Namaste. Peace out. I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Bye.